Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to Blonde Hair, Black Heart. On this week's Real Housewives of Atlanta, we pick up at the cooking class from the last episode. And right away, Sonya whips out her Olympic medal for the cooking class to see. Because in her own words, none of them will ever have a chance to see one otherwise. This is so bizarre to me. Like, I feel like it's one thing if the ladies are at your house and someone asks to see it okay, then bring it out. But like, to take it to an event and whip it out completely out of the blue? I don't know, it's a little showboaty. Sonia and Drew start arguing over Sonia not paying Drew's makeup artist, and it's revealed that this is all over $25. Literally, $25. First of all, how embarrassing for the makeup artist. Like, you honestly might as well have just given her a freebie. $25 is your going rate? Then how embarrassing for Sonya to not have paid this. And then also, how embarrassing for Drew to not have just been like, oh, I'll get that for you. It's only 25 bucks. Like, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, my guy got paid and, you know, I knew it probably just slipped your mind. I mean, it was $25. Like, I can't get over the fact that these women are only spending the cost of, like, three Jamba Juices for their glam. (laughs) Drew brings up the Mommy Nation photo shoot and says that she thinks Sonya is clout chasing by only bringing Candy and Kenya, who clearly have the most IG followers. Sonya gets super upset and goes, clout chasing? I'm an Olympic medalist! <laughs> we know, Sonya. We, we all just saw your medal, like, literally two minutes ago. Later, Sheree and Kenya meet and are talking about their businesses. Sheree says that all of the male investors or business managers that she's worked with for She by Sheree end up hitting on her. And Kenya's like, so why don't you work with women? You, you can literally see in her face that this idea has never crossed her mind before. <laughs> Kenya goes, and then immediately brings up how she was really sick the other day. You know, she's a great actress, that Kenya. She was in Twa, after all. Um, Oh my god, and then they do those uh, really quick cutaway shots in between the scenes, and there's one of Candy rehearsing this new role she's taking on, and she's talking about shooting hoops with her tongue ring into someone's clit piercing. Like, Why, Bravo? Why? I mean, I I get it, it's Real Housewives of Atlanta, we've seen Bolo, we've seen it all, but, like, that quick five seconds of clit talk was so jarring, it literally went from the group texting each other being like, hey guys, let's build Sheree up, like, yes mama, girl power, and then immediately it was just like, lick my clit. Uh, Candy offers Marlo some of her old clothes to donate to her charity for the girls in foster care, and Marlo says, hell nah, I'm not taking any hand-me-down clothes. She explains that she used to always get hand-me-downs and people made fun of her, but Kenya's like, you're putting the value on the clothes and you're focusing on the wrong thing. This somehow segues into Kenya saying that Marlo's trying to vilify her. I'm not sure how the conversation shifted, but regardless, Kenya says Marlo talks shit about her all the time, which is not untrue. And in this conversation, Marlo continues to talk shit by insulting Kenya's wig, but then she very quickly apologizes and says that she loves her. These women. Marlo says that she wants Candy to be a better friend. Sheree agrees. I feel like whoever isn't around at any given time is just the one who's going to be shit-talked. So it's Candy's turn, because she's off playing clitskitball. Bass clitball? I don't know. She's, she's playing with clits, guys. Sonia apologizes to Marlo and Sheree for not inviting them to the photo shoot, and then proceeds to invite them to another photo shoot for Nike. Drew is obviously insulted, and Sonia flies off the handle. In my opinion, Sonia completely loses her cool here. Drew gets up and walks away, and Sonya's like, Drew needs to learn how to communicate in a civil way. (laughs) Which is, like, not how I see it at all. I feel like Drew kept pretty cool and made some valid points. But I I don't know, guys. I'm, like, really liking Drew this season. It's weird. Now if she can only get Ralph to like her. (laughs) 
So after my episode last week where I firmly declared that I am Team Crystal, I received a very special message from someone. Hi, just listen to your podcast. Thank you so much um, for just sort of seeing what happened for what it is. Um, I will just say that this all stemmed from the fact that I've been trying to protect Sutton. Um, and when I was accused of setting her up, I really panicked and I never wanted to say it because I promised her I wouldn't. Um, and even though it was on camera, I knew they didn't air it and I, pro and I promised her. Um, but I just felt like because I was being accused of something so awful, um, I had to explain with context and then, you know, they turned it on me and, and they're very good at it. Crystal and I continued to chat all last week and I just have to say she is so lovely, so sweet. She answered all of my questions. She spilled some tea, but I did tell her that our convos would stay off the record and I'm totally going to respect that. You know, I don't want another Tamara situation. <laughs> so I'm not going to share the details of what she said, but basically what I felt on the podcast was pretty much spot on. Um, Crystal finds herself stuck in a very tough situation where she probably overspoke when Garcelle made that accusation about her setting Sutton up, and now she can't really win. Um, I think she's trying very hard to protect Sutton and Sutton's reputation, but in doing so, she's actually being accused of trying to destroy it. What, what would they be saying if she actually did say what Sutton said? And here's the other thing. It's not really about what was said. It's about the entire conversation that the two of them had and what came from it. Literally, this entire storyline could have been avoided for all parties had Sutton responded differently. And she did at first. Honestly, the first time this all came up with the group at Sutton's event, I thought Crystal and Sutton shut it down well. But those other ladies really got into Sutton's head and her tune changed fast. I mean, remember when it all first came up, Sutton was like, we've already discussed it, I already apologized, and we've moved on. She needed to keep that energy. Because here's the thing, Crystal has never said that Sutton was racist, or that she even said anything racist. Dark? Yes. Problematic? Yes. But we literally saw that. Like, the hubbub over the word dark is so strange to me. The conversation that Crystal and Sutton had was about social inequalities and civil rights and racism. Like, that is heavy stuff. It is not light. It is dark. All Sutton needed to do was continue saying what she already said, and what Crystal had been saying this whole time, which was, we had a conversation. It was dark, slash heavy, slash intense, slash loaded, slash brutal, whatever you want to say about it. But we had it, and we learned from it, and we moved on. But the point is, the main point that started all of this is that the conversation happened. Crystal didn't set Sutton up. Sutton didn't set Crystal up. The two of them had a tough discussion and they made it out the other side. Period. Dot. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. The ladies are still in Punta Mita and several of them have brought glam on the trip with them. Erica explains how she can't downsize on glam, although sometimes it definitely looks like she has, and we should get it because most people have big families, so she just has a big wardrobe. <laughs> Crystal, on the other hand, says she would never pay for glam to go on a trip. My guess is, unlike Sonia and Drew's glam, the Beverly Hills ladies pay a little bit more than $25 a pop. Lisa Renna whistles her way over to Erica's room, and then they head down to breakfast on the beach where Sutton and Crystal are waiting. Dorita's late, which she blames on her burglary, but like, 
hasn't being late been a storyline of hers in the past? I, I think that's just her. The ladies order some coffee with sugar, or azúcar, a word which Erica and her Lexapro absolutely love. Garcelle asks if we would all be able to tell if Erica didn't take her Lexapro. And Erica says, oh yeah, she would be mean. Like a borderline bully. <laughs> Erica says that the courts actually called her a bully recently, and she's damn proud of it. It's a label she loves wearing. I know I've said this so many times at this point, but like, who is advising her? Who is saying to her, Erica, if you want to win over public opinion, you just have to lean into your evil villain role. Like, everyone loves a good villain. Which isn't untrue when they're fictional. I'll admit that I do think most Disney villains in particular are far more interesting than their good counterparts, but I digress. Sutton reveals that she's studying to take the LSAT, which is so random. Like, what is with people, reality stars, thinking that they can be lawyers without law school? Erica offers to tutor her, and uh, she reveals that Tom actually used to grade the bar, to which Garcelle replies, that can't be good. I mean, think about it. How many lawyers are out there right now who are only allowed to practice law because sketchy-ass Tom Girardi was the gatekeeper to lawyerdom? I mean, no one ever said lawyers were good people, so whatever. But one of my best friends is a lawyer, by the way, and I highly recommend getting yourself a friend who will just permanently be on retainer. They'll keep all your secrets. They have to. Half of the ladies go into town to shop, slash gossip about the other half, and the other half stays at the beach for surfing lessons, slash to gossip about the other half. <laughs> Sutton says she and Crystal are at zero ground level. Ground zero? Starting from scratch, I don't know. But for such a southern sophisticate, she's not a wordsmith. But she accuses Crystal of twisting words. Kyle says that the issue with Crystal is much bigger than just twisting words. Kyle seems to think that Crystal is like a straight-up bad guy at this point. Insert Jagger saying bad guy here. Bad guy. Who's a bad guy? Erica and Rena are talking to Crystal, and they basically make her cry for three hours straight. Crystal's adamant that she doesn't want a conflict. Honestly, I don't think that these tears are about Sutton. I think that the majority of the tears are about the fallout with her 14 friends and that being brought up on camera. So let's get into that. A lot of people were wondering if Theodore Mellencramp herself was involved in this group of 14 friends, as we know that Theo and Crystal were friends off the show. So on the Twats podcast, Theo basically explained that no, she was not a part of this group of 14, but when Crystal was cast on the show, some of these women started contacting her to spill tea about Crystal. Basically what happened, as Theo explains, is that this was a gossipy Beverly Hills group, and Crystal got caught up in it, and she said the wrong thing to the wrong person who went and told everyone else, and they all iced Crystal out. Theo also says Crystal has a million friends. She's part of so many friend groups. So just by sheer probability alone, the more friends you have and the more groups you're part of, the more drama there inevitably is going to be. Also, what does it say about these women that they're going around and DMing strangers to spread gossip about their old friend Crystal? That doesn't make me think that Crystal is the bad guy here. Another rumor that hasn't been confirmed is that at least one, if not some, of these 14 ladies were also in the running to join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So could jealousy be part of the equation? Crystal was cast and they weren't. Anyways, Sutton says she sees the good in Crystal, but Kyle says that she thinks Sutton is scared of Crystal. She says Erica's reactive, but Crystal is manipulative, and that's even scarier. Sutton says she's not scared of Crystal, she just wants to help her be a better person. But is it possible that Crystal's trying to help Sutton be a better person by calling out her problematic statements? Kyle asks what Crystal was trying to gain by throwing Sutton under the bus, and Dorit says she was trying to win Garcelle's approval. No, she was trying to defend herself against the accusation that Garcelle threw at her. It's so weird to me how that accusation has just been completely wiped from everyone's memory, and they all think that Crystal just pulled this shit out of her ass. 
All of the ladies, including Crystal, think that Erica and Rena are cozying up to Crystal because they don't like Sutton. You know, I mean, I'm lucky that I'm married to someone who creates characters and the most dramatic versions of them is cartoons. So um, that's what's fascinating about it. There was, um, there was like a meme, a Twitter thing that went around the other day that I was Ariel and Erica was Ursula, you know, like trying to teach, you know, guide me into going against them. And, and it never, <laughs> never occurred to me in the moment, but my husband uh, created Ursula and um, we just had a good laugh about that. Kyle says that Crystal just needs to admit that she made this all up. Okay, let's break down gaslighting. Because insisting that someone is making something up over and over again when they haven't even really said what happened, all they've said is how they felt, that's gaslighting. In fact, you know what? Let's have a Real Housewives vocabulary lesson. Today's word, gaslighting. Can we use it in a scenario? Or several. Kyle tells Sutton that she's having the wrong response to Dorit's break-in, and even goes so far as to basically question if she even has any emotions. Gaslighting. Crystal defends Sutton and says that everyone should let her have her own emotional response, and she says it's triggering because she felt that they did the same thing to her last season. Garcelle says, well, you were setting Sutton up with all of that stuff last season anyways. Gaslighting. Crystal says, I wasn't setting her up. There was a bigger conversation, and it was dark, and it led me to make that comment. The ladies question Crystal. What was so dark? Tell us what was dark. Crystal says, I'm not going to repeat it. It doesn't really matter. But to me, it was dark. And that's why I said what I said. The ladies say, well, if you can't tell us what it is, you must be making it up. Gaslighting. Crystal says, I'm not making it up, but Sutton and I worked through it and I'm not going to bring it up again. The ladies say, you're doing it again. You're setting Sutton up again by bringing up the stuff from last season. Crystal says, I didn't bring that up. Garcelle did. The ladies say, yes, you did. Gaslighting. Is your head spinning yet from all the gaslighting? Because mine sure is. The ladies go to dinner, and Rena brings up Diana's book, Room 23, and Diana immediately shuts the convo down. So this book, if you don't know, is full of nude photos of celebs, or, you know, pseudo-celebs, but it was later accused of being a lookbook or catalog of, uh prostitutes, I guess? I, I don't know. Um, very shady business. But again, Diana has vehemently denied all of this. Either way, where's Carlos King when you need him? Someone needed to whip that book out and slam it down on the table. But alas, reputations are very important in Beverly Hills. Speaking of, Sutton says Crystal has a reputation of doing this to her friends. Sutton keeps saying that, doing this. You've got to stop doing this to me. What exactly is she doing? Whatever it is, apparently Sutton knows that Crystal does this to all of her friends. Crystal says, you don't know this, Sutton. You've heard this. Sutton apologizes for repeating hearsay, but then tells Crystal that she needs to apologize too, and Sutton is dictating how Crystal should apologize and what she should say, which is pretty classic at this point. They're constantly telling her what words she can or can't use. Erica says, let her speak, and Garcelle says, Erica, you are bugging the shit out of me. This is actually the one time in the Garcelle v. Erica fight that I'm not Team G. Everyone's involved at this point, the conversation's happening at the table, and Erica's only chiming in to tell Sutton to let Crystal apologize to her. After they both apologize, Crystal brings up that Sutton said, I hate you, I like you, and Sutton says she never said it. Diana defends Crystal, and Sutton loses it and snaps at Diana, and she's adamantly denying that she ever said this. See, this is the problem for me with Sutton. It's the backtracking. 
that's the whole issue I was talking about before. You know, for a year, Sutton was saying that she had apologized to Crystal for their discussion and that they'd worked through it and moved on and she'd learned so much from it. She even made a public apology on her Instagram when the episode aired last season. But now she's backtracking and saying she said nothing wrong. Nothing. Like, huh? Same here. Like, she clearly said these things, and then she denies them fully. And even when she's told, no, Sutton, you said this, we heard it, she just snaps at people. Sutton tells Diana that she's a good person, very emphatically. And I've said this before on the podcast in regards to Shannon Bedore, but if you keep having to convince everyone that you're a good person or a good friend, you probably aren't as good of one as you think. She ends up getting too worked up and has to leave the table with Kyle, and as she gets up, Erica and Rena give each other this little look and smirk. <laughs> Ugh, conniving. While Sutton's gone, Diana breaks down, and when Sutton returns, Diana, Crystal, and Dorit leave the table to go fix Diana's makeup. And all of it is too much for Garcelle, who was just eating an artichoke. <laughs> While Crystal's away from the table, the ladies continue to talk shit about her and accuse her of lying and being purposely vague about things to make other people look bad. Erica's really the only one in the conversation that doesn't seem to see it like this, and she asks, you really think that this girl is that manipulative? She must be thinking what we're thinking. How can these women, who have aces up their sleeves at all times, be accusing anyone else of being manipulative? I mean, the fact that they were all just sitting on this 14 friends thing and all so eagerly jumped at the chance to use it, shady. Shady, shady, shady. Rinna said in her confessional, I knew this, but I wasn't necessarily going to use it. Kyle, too. I've known about this, but I wasn't going to say anything. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting paranoid, but this whole thing smells like a setup to me, and I don't like that smell. Okay, before we wrap up, we have to talk about the Diana drama online this past week, because... Yikes. <laughs> so, long story short, Diana got upset at some post or meme or something that was made comparing her old face with her new face, and she started having some back and forth with the account that posted it, and the account mentioned that they were a black content creator, and Diana needs to focus her energy elsewhere. Basically, like, where's this outrage on all of the white content creators' pages? So Diana replies, and she goes, it must not feel great to be a black content creator, or something like that. Oof so bad. Of course, the internet blows up. What the fuck is this? And a while later, Diana comments on the post and apologizes and basically explains that she took the term black content creator to reference the type of content made and not the person who is making the content. Like someone who makes black content versus a person who is black and is a content creator. And then she also says that she thought black content referred to like negative content or mean content or snarky content. I, I don't know. I, I guess like think black magic is like bad magic. I mean, I'm not trying to justify or agree with what she's saying, you guys. I'm just literally explaining, you know, what she said. She also said that Crystal called her and woke her up screaming at her, demanding to know what she meant. So I did talk to Crystal about this, and she said that she and another friend spent about 10 minutes on the phone with Diana asking her what she meant, explaining why she was wrong, and why what she said was problematic, and that overall Diana was horrified and really, really upset and saddened by the whole thing. Not defensive, but horrified. So take all of that for whatever it's worth to you. For me, I can see the misunderstanding. I can. But I also firmly believe that what you say matters, and I also feel like in this day and age, with all that's been happening over the last like five, six years with these major conversations about race relations, 
you you can't be that naive or ignorant anymore. You know, she lives in Los Angeles, not like the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. And that's no offense to Kentucky. It's just that she lives in like a major city, a central hub for these types of conversations and movements. You know, it's hard to believe that someone could be that ignorant still. She, she lives and works in Hollywood. She's well-connected. She's not living under a rock. My biggest takeaway, though, is that Crystal called her screaming. I love that energy, and I love that Crystal will continue to hold these bees accountable when she needs to, which, unfortunately, is far too often. Well, that's it for today, guys. Please go give the podcast a nice little five-star rating or review. Make sure you like or subscribe so you never miss an episode, and follow us on social media at BlondeHairBlackHeart. Until next time, bye.